following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. We're gonna take you. Blue moon. Blue moon, blue moon, keep shining bright. Blue moon, keep on shining bright. You're gonna bring me back to my baby tonight. Blue moon, keep shining bright. I said blue moon, I can't talk it, I keep on shining. Shine on the one that's gone and let me blue. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, Blue Moon of Kentucky. Keep blue. <laughs> For decoding, uh, we got Philip Sexton in the house. Guy Hughes here. Hey, hey, second air, here we go. <laughs> For decoding the labor market, unemployment rate may not do the job. What's going on there? All right, so we've uh, when you look at you know interest rates and then they've they've raised them so many times now, and you uh, the arguments being oh you look at the unemployment rate, it's you know the lowest it's been and you know, multiple decades and everything's great in the economy. And, and this article actually touches on how uh, the unemployment rate can actually be misleading. And we've actually talked about this in years past on the show and the fact that there's, you know, labor participation rate uh, doesn't reflect the same statistic. Uh, so what this is, this is talking about, it says uh, – you know, in theory, so the U.S. unemployment rate last month hit 3.7%, one of the lowest levels in a half a century. In theory, that should mean we're living in very tight labor markets where workers are scarce and employers are boosting pay and benefits to attract new hires. That should push up inflation as firms raise prices to afford higher salaries. Instead, wage growth has been muted and inflation weak, leading economists to reevaluate how, the me- how they measure the labor market. Right. Uh, you know, I find this interesting because they, they start talking about um, uh, so recent research has come up with new measures that suggest the job market still has room to improve without spurring inflation. These measures imply there are more people on the sidelines who might be induced to get a job or work more than they do now. Uh, so the co-author of this article, uh, so you've got Ms. Abraham and co-author John Halta Wanger. I'm not even also of the University of Maryland uh, have created a labor market assessment that takes into account people who aren't in the labor force but want to work and those with jobs who are looking for new opportunities. They also attempt now I thought this was pretty cool. They also attempt to measure how intensely employers are looking for workers. A guy you've been in the workforce development for <laughs> quite a long time and you know there's it's one thing to say you've got low unemployment, but then there's another thing to say that, you know, are you satisfied with the amount of employees you got, or do you say, hey, we need a hundred more right now? Well, you know, I wonder how many, you know, how many people really, when you say low unemployment, how many people have just quit looking? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I think there's a lot of pent up demand on the sidelines that's not being measured of people who don't count as unemployed because they've quit looking and when things begin to happen they come in off the sidelines it's like pent-up demand that's not showing and it it comes into the market and it doesn't really look as if much as you know the unemployment level stays low but you would think that that would be driving wages way higher. There are a lot of people out there that simply haven't been looking for work that have decided to go back and look for work, and they don't count as unemployed. That's correct, and wages aren't increasing very rapidly. I mean, listen, the average wage is good. It's just – I mean, it's 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 better than zero. Right. You were sitting on the sidelines making nothing, and now you're making something. 
But there's two classes of, of, of people out there working right now that aren't being measured, I think. One is the senior citizens. I call them the Renaissance workers. Okay. Now, well, let's let, let, think about this. They, they've retired. They're now working part-time, and you see them. We see them everywhere, and they're wonderful employees, by the way. Consulting and things like that. They're doing all types of jobs, from consulting all the way down to being a greeter or working at the Dairy Queen. There's a guy in my hometown, Paris, works at the Dairy Queen. He's a senior citizen. It's part-time income. Most pleasant guy in the world. Wonderful. So you've got that worker that's... You know, I think impacting this. But then you have the what I call the second chance worker that's not being measured because they can't be measured because of job requirements. They don't pass the background test. They don't meet the general needs. And so they're out there working, but you're not measuring them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and I think that's kind of what, you know, the the renaissance worker really reminds me of it's kind of what tom was was alluding to too though it's it's one of those you know if you've got really high scarcity then you're saying hey you know we we need this guy but he's over here we'll pay him 10 percent more than they're gonna pay him and you know that's how wage growth really works but then you know you got the the renaissance man sitting at home saying well i'm kind of bored <laughs> i think i may i think i may go back and you know, go do that. And then they say, oh, well, no, we just got this guy and he can work part time and, you know, he knows his stuff. We'll pay him half of half of a full salary. You don't have to worry about fighting for the next, you know, fighting, fighting for every penny you can get. Yeah, it's, you know, one of the things that I wish we could we could focus on economically, all HR managers would focus on this. And unfortunately, they don't. And, and I understand it, too, but, but if we would focus more on hiring the unemployed instead of the employed, it, I've, I've seen it for years. You, you tend to see that the HR manager, the hiring manager says, oh, well, you know, they're unemployed. There's something wrong. And so they focus more on hiring somebody away from another company. And you think about that. If we would focus on the other side of it, what it really would do. You all kind of understand what I'm talking about yeah. here? Yeah, I do understand what you're saying. I think there's a reason why they go after the currently employed is because that's a known quantity. They know what they're getting. It's the uh, that's right. bird in the hand is worth two in the bush kind that's of right. scenario. And, you know, the other thing, too, about the employment market today, technology has changed everything. Everybody's looking for a job every day with all these apps and programs that they can tap into they're constantly being notified of this job or that job they can apply in a very stealth manner where nobody knows what they're up to and it, you know it's we're in a whole different world in terms of this and i think it's going to be very we, we can't measure our economy anymore like this article well, says strictly by unemployment and that's what i was wanting to get to is is that you, you know you look at statistics and statistics can be so misleading nowadays you know you you I mean, even when you're picking a stock, you can look at, at certain numbers and they can be very misleading. Kind of one of the best things you can do is, you know, uh, you can call a doctor. Here's an analogy. You can call a doctor and tell him all your symptoms and he can guess. Best thing that doctor can do is look at you. Yeah. You know, the best thing you can do for the health of the economy, walk outside here. Look at what's going on. Get out in the community. Look at what's going on. You know, you're looking at a at a company. Go kick the tire. Right. See what's going on. It's a good point. It's a good point. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Election season. It's game time. Has begun. Defeat Trump. Winning again. Political football. On your election headquarters. 2020. And this season. We're ready for News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree, Jr. What does a good financial advisor do? Perhaps it comes down to asking the right questions instead of having all the answers. 
For instance, should I take Social Security now or later? Am I really ready to retire? Is my money invested properly to pay me an income during retirement? These are a few of the questions that might come up in your discussion with a financial advisor. Good questions are what a financial advisor may be able to help you with. You will come up with the answers on your own. If you're not sure about some of these things and need a sounding board, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a complimentary appointment. Also, you can listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, Philip Sexton, uh, I think most people with their income limits cannot contribute to a Roth IRA, but this says actually you may be able to. Yeah, so this is actually talking about a different avenue, but I think it's it's very interesting, um, you know, when you look at uh, especially my generation. Uh, so the the article is from Barron's, uh, but it, it goes on to say, the more you make, the more you need to save to have a chance of maintaining your lifestyle in retirement. Your savings rate is likely the number one factor in your ability to achieve your goals, not market returns and not the economy, which is pretty true. You know, it, it, if, if you're only saving at a rate of 5%, uh, the amount of money that you'll have to... Uh, the amount of return that you'll have to make is astronomical uh, to hit your goals. But it says one sure way to increase your savings rate uh, is make after-tax contributions to a Roth IRA or 401k instead of pre-tax contributions to a traditional IRA or 401k. Uh, so it says the standard way of looking at the traditional versus Roth analysis is to assume that if you make pre-tax contributions to a traditional IRA, then you deposit the tax savings into an investment account. It says, who does that? Almost no one. I, I believe, you know, that's pretty true. Uh, but what it goes on to say is, it says, but wait, you say I make too much to contribute to a Roth. That may not be true. So this is something that I would recommend to a lot of people. Uh, many 401k and 403b plans allow Roth contributions. Uh, and unlike an IRA, there are no income limitations that apply to Roth contributions made through your employer plan. Uh, so it says, that's right, regardless of how much you make, if your employer allows Roth contributions in 2019, you can put up to 19000 into the Roth each year or up to 25000 for those 50 and older. Tell me why, real quick, I'm struggling with understanding here. Why would you, but Tom said you make too much. The article says, but wait, you make too much. Where's all that coming from? So the IRS sets income limitations. It's a phase-out. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Once you hit a certain income threshold, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA because a Roth IRA is after-tax money, but it grows tax-deferred, tax, not tax, tax-free. Tax-free. Until you take it out, and then there's no taxes. Unless you take it out before age fifty nine and a half, what was what what was the limit? It used to be uh, one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, something yeah, like that. There. What are you saying? What what are you saying here that enables you to make contributions to it? So there are no for a four hundred one k or a four hundred three an employer plan. There are no Roth limitations. Do they all offer you to uh, do I'm a Roth? Thinking, yeah. There's a, a the vast majority have it available in the plan that you should look into. Yeah, my son works for uh, Frankfurt, the state government, mm -hmm. and he he was offered a Roth plan because Philip, you and I talked about it. That's good. So here's a here's a here's a cool part of this article too, though. So why is this so important? Not only do Roth contributions potentially increase your savings rate, they also have hidden 
tax benefits when it comes to draw on them. Uh, so it, it starts talking about formulas drive taxes. Once retired, certain types of income will impact items beyond your marginal rate. Things like capital gains, qualified dividend tax rate, the amount of Social Security that is taxed, the premium you pay for Medicare Part B and D, and the net investment income tax, and whether you qualify for health care premium tax credit. When you have a pile of money in pre-tax accounts, that's a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k, every dollar you withdraw goes into these formulas and can cause you to pay more tax or premiums in other areas. Roth withdrawals do not count in these tax formulas. Most Roth versus traditional calculators look only at your marginal rate. They often miss other factors in these analysis. So for people who are involved in uh, employer-sponsored plans, they should be considering using the Roth portion of it if it's if it's uh, available. Available. Yes. They ought to. Because, I mean... you you don't get a tax deduction for it currently. The only difference is, is you do not get the tax deduction right now. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, it grows and grows and grows. And with a traditional IRA, you're required to take distributions at age 70 and a half currently. Yeah. With a Roth, there is no required distribution age. Well, so let's... Let's talk about that. So I've got a, let's say, you know, you've got a million dollar retirement account in a traditional IRA. Okay. We'll go federal, state, local tax rate of 30%. Okay. Just say that just for, for example, today. So technically, if that's what I have, then really I only have 700,000. Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, you'd probably pay state taxes too. No, I said federal, state, local. Okay. I just oh, okay. Said, let's just yeah. use 30% as a, as a benchmark, a benchmark here. Yeah. 700,000. So do, do I pay the 30% tax rate on the monthly distribution? So let's say if I've got $5,000 a month income coming out of that, I, I only get 3,500. Depends. How's, yeah, that, how's that, that work? That could vary. So it's, it's based on the amount you take out that year. You've got okay. to think if you're if you're drawing fifty thousand a year in Social Security. I don't. Uh, that's probably max, isn't it? Pretty close, somewhere around probably there. fifty thousand yeah. a year in Social Security, and then you tack another fifty of IRA money on top of it. You're at a hundred thousand in in income that year. You know that 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 becomes not depending on when you start drawing Social Security. Now your Social Security is in danger of being taxed. See, it's really, it's mis- it's sneaky. I mean, yeah. you, you really need to be aware of how important a Roth IRA is, don't you? Yep. Well, I think another interesting thing, too, is you look at the, the new law, the SECURE Act. You know, this is something, if, if that goes into play, uh, one of the big no-nos that, that a lot of people don't like is the... Um, Oh, what's it called? The where you the stretch IRA. Yeah, yeah, the stretch IRA. The stretch IRA where you pass it to the next generation, and now they can take it over a longer lifespan. Mm-hmm. You know, so the 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 way the law is written is the money will have to be drawn out in ten years. In your scenario, let's say you've got a million dollar IRA. Basically, you're now taking your your child, and it's great. You know, it's it it's a great problem to have, I guess, as a child. But at the same time. Now you're taking $100,000 out of that IRA on top of what you're making. You know, so basically the government, it's it's a forced yes. estate tax. It's a forced it's estate tax. It's a backhanded tax. forced estate tax. Mm-hmm. So when you think about this is, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at something like this, I'm like, all right, you know, this is a good way to not only help myself but also – protect the next generation right you know and this is something that i would recommend to a lot of people to to look at you know especially when you start there's there's a lot of people that that really look at passing it on and and estate planning and things of that nature you know and and it also talks about roth conversions um so what's a roth conversion so a roth conversion is where you take part of your traditional money or all or all yeah and you convert it to a Roth IRA. 
you pay the taxes out of outside dollars. But it may make sense, depending on your tax bracket, to do some, if you're, if you're really worried about estate planning, to do some Roth conversions now at a lower tax bracket mm-hmm. than your child having to pay Great point. 30%. Yeah. That's right. Now, you're going to have to pay a good chunk of that yeah. IRA out in taxes. As yeah. we say, sooner is cheaper. <laughs> it can be. It can be. Yes. Right. <laughs> Very well can be. And that's that's something that, you know, if it, it all kind of boils down to uh, um, what you can afford to do and, and does it make sense and, you know, do the numbers match up. And that's something that we do for a lot of our clients is, you know, we sit down and we look at options like this and we look at other things and do the numbers make sense? You know, and that's something that you, you, you've got to be able to sit down and calculate. Well, diligent, candid guide, right, Tom? Right. That's, that's what we are. And, you know, we had some folks in just recently and we talked about stuff like this, how important they were young couple, they're building a business together and, and we talked about how important that this these type of programs strategies are for them in their future. That's right. All right. Mother of all political battles is coming, and it's about a wall. <laughs> <laughs> that one, it's a bigger wall, the Social Security wall. Ooh. Yeah, so this it's is. about to run due in, in just 15 years. This is something that uh, it kind of tacks on with that, too. Um, so, you know, it starts talking about how um, the Social Security will run out in, you know, what did it say, 2034? 20, 2034. 2034. It, well, it's not going to run out. It's going to take a 25% cut. Isn't that correct? Uh, 20. No, so that's uh, Social Security trustees. The program's trust fund is scheduled to run out of money if nothing else is done, they say, after 2034. Uh and then it starts talking about what would have to happen is you're talking about a 25% cut in payments or a raise in taxes. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is some interesting statistics because when you're a retiree, you need to look at your your total sources of income. And Social Security, uh, for a lot of retirees, make up a big source of income. Uh, according to Fed data, at most one quarter of people currently nearing retirement are going to be able to shrug off any cuts at all in Social Security. Uh, actually, it's probably considerably less than one quarter. Everyone else will be in serious trouble. Half of those nearing retirement will end up in dire straits. That's because most of them have little or nothing in private retirement plans. Amazing. Uh, yeah. They're just not prepared. They're not. We can talk some more about this after the break. Yeah. Elvis is calling. Elvis. Stay with us. <laughs> You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Scored a new smart speaker during Amazon Prime Day or ahead of the crowd and already have one? Let iHeartRadio put Alexa to work for you. Your Alexa can get you a trip to Vegas to experience the iHeartRadio Music Festival front row. Super easy to enter. First, link your free iHeartRadio account in the Alexa app. Next, say Alexa, play the iHeartRadio Music Festival station, and you're automatically entered to win. That's it. Vegas for the weekend. Front row tickets to the iHeartRadio Music Festival and $1,000 cash. All from iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. This is a message from the emergency stuffed crust warning system. Cheese. Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza now has three feet of cheese stuffed in the crust for just nine bucks. I repeat, it has three feet of cheese stuffed in the crust. Cheese. That concludes the message from the emergency stuffed crust warning system. Get a large Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pepperoni Stuffed Crust Pizza for $9. Top four national pizza chains. Extra Most Bestest Pizza versus large round one topping pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices. Three feet of cheese before cooking. At participating locations plus tax. Pizza, pizza. Ever wonder why Europeans speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons and award-winning technology can have you speaking Spanish, French, or German within weeks. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Now, try Babbel free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com or download the app to try for free. Heat alerts in effect for 34 states. Scorching temperatures blamed for at least one death. ABC's Kaylee Hartung reports. In Baltimore, as the heat index reached triple digits, thousands were without power. 
While crews work to get the lights back on, the loss of electricity under investigation. In Chicago, firefighters were called to rescue a six-month-old baby who was trapped in a hot car for at least 10 minutes. The baby expected to be okay. Britain's foreign secretary warning Iran of serious consequences if it doesn't release a British-flagged oil tanker that it seized in the strategic Strait of Hormuz waterway Friday. Britain says it wants to find a diplomatic solution. The president of... Trump calling Iran trouble. The nation celebrating 50 years since the Apollo 11 crew landed on the moon. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The voice of Neil Armstrong talking to mission control as he took the first steps on the moon. I'm Michelle Franzen, ABC News. Dealing with a steamy start to that weekend. Hot and humid weather on this Saturday with a mix of sun and clouds. We are into the low 90s, but a heat index this afternoon around 100 to maybe as high as 105. Slow down, take it easy. Could be a scattered thunderstorm. Storm chances increasing on Sunday. Temperatures decrease. Into the 80s we go, and showers and storms are likely on Monday as a fall-like front makes its way into the region. Highs for Tuesday and Wednesday in the 70s. I'm WKYT Chief. Mirages, Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Paying too much for car insurance? At Root Insurance, we could cut your rate in half. Most car insurance companies base your rate on things like age, gender, and credit score. Root bases your rate primarily on how you drive, not who you are. Here's how it works. The Root app uses mobile technology to measure your driving behavior. Just drive like you normally would for a few weeks and the app does the rest. Good drivers could save up to 52% on car insurance. And right now, we will give you $15 just for completing the test drive. Just download the free Root app. Enter the code Root Radio. That's R-O-O-T Radio. Get $15 to try an app that could cut your car insurance rates in half. See how much you could save. Savings based on national reviews reported by actual customers. Offer good through August 1st, 2019. Not available in all states. We reserve the right to refuse to quote any individual a premium rate for the insurance advertised herein. Cannot be combined with any other offer. This special offer ends soon. Don't miss out. Download the free Root app and enter Root Radio today. Looking to save some money on shoes your kids will love? Then look to Skechers. We've been making great and affordable kids shoes for almost 30 years. We're experts in incredible fits and we applied everything we know into our boys and girls shoes, all made with soft, durable, lightweight and flexible fabrics. Plus, Skechers kids shoes have comfort features like Skechers famous air-cooled memory foam. And since they're Skechers, you know they're affordable, stylish and built to last. Get your kids some Skechers at a Skechers store near you, skechers.com or wherever stylish shoes are sold. 6:30 WLAP. Well, bless my soul, but what's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. Come on. I'm all shook up. We're back on the Tom Dupree Show. Back to this article about the reduction in Social Security. Um, yeah. Uh, so we got to... This is something interesting. So... The country's 401ks and individual retirement accounts, the old-fashioned company pension plans, most of these assets are owned by the wealthiest 25% of the country. The Fed calculates between 83 and 85% of the total balances in the hands of the highest earning one-fourth. For everyone else, it's down to Social Security or bus, and that's especially so for the bottom half of the income distribution. Social Security is the key to understanding retirement resources for most families, says the Fed. For example, the Fed looked at the balance sheets of those currently in their 50s who are nearing retirement. For the middle two quartiles by income, in other words, the middle 50%, Social Security accounts for somewhere between 47 and 64% of their total retirement wealth. For those in the bottom quarter, it's nearly all of it. They hold on average just 28000 in private retirement plans. Yeah. So going back to the previous article, it pays to save. Because this may not be here as an option. It may not be in the same same form. Uh, you know, and when you're looking at retirement, you have to calculate all of your income ability. What can what can what income can my portfolio produce? 
what pensions do I have? Social Security is technically considered a, I would consider it a pension payment um, and, and other things on top of that. Uh, here's something I found very interesting. This is kind of on the political side. Uh, so it says, in 10 years' time, when this issue becomes urgent, people in or near retirement will make up more than half of the voting age population. They make up an even bigger share of the actual likely voters. So it says, uh, these people, have, as we've just seen, cannot do without Social Security. According to the U.S. Census, by 2030, those over age 65 will account for 26% of the voting age population, and those aged 45 to 59 are another 29%. And according to the U.S. Elections Project, in the last presidential elections, just 43% of those in their 20s bothered to vote. The figure for the over 60 was 71%. Uh, put those two things together, and by 2030, around 60% of likely voters will be over 45, and half of those will already be for 60. So let's get honest. <laughs> now, really, let's get honest. If Do we really believe at the end of the day that the United States government is going to allow Social Security to go broke? May not have a choice. And so, the reason is that the numbers get so big and compelling that there comes a point where you can't look at, look at the state that Kentucky's in. Yeah, good, good point. Okay. I think the biggest difference is, is Kentucky, even in their state that they're in now, has been able to invest in equities. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the Social Security, their their biggest problem is, is they let everybody withdraw and they change rules and do stuff for, you know, certain things. And then when you look at their, their ability to earn and, and earn a, a any kind of money on them. They the, can't put it in, in anything. It's got to be in treasuries. Right. It's kind of scary. That's right. <laughs> you know, and that's something that when you look at what you have to do with the the assets that you've accumulated in retirement is you've got to invest them in a way to produce an income for you. That's something Social Security's not doing. When you look at your retirement account, you need to invest it in a way to produce the income that you need. And if you cannot do it prudently, then you don't need to retire. Right. When you, that, that's, that's, I mean, in a nutshell, when we meet with a, a potential client, that's what we're looking at. Can you prudently invest your assets to create an income that will sustain your retirement living? Yeah. Social security is a wild card especially for your generation oh you, you, i can't count on it I, and, and i that's a great point tom because i say it all the time to my kids and i believe it in my heart you're not going to have social security yeah but then you so know you're you're saying it but then you're asking the question will the u.s government really let it go and the fact is yeah they may have no other choice they may not if if they're going to be responsible and do the right thing they either fix it, fund it, somehow create a way to fund it, which means we pay for it. Hey, we get some negative interest rates in here. They could fund it, really. <laughs> yeah, well, but, you know, ultimately we would end up paying for it, yeah. the taxpayers, but or just do away with it right. and, and take a different approach where your retirement is funded through your employment retirement plans. Well, the problem is if you do away with it, you know, what happens to the money that I put in there? They're just gone. No, I think they figure out a way to make that work, and and it'll be shifted back to, you know, your your retirement plan with your employer or something. But it's an interesting thing. Another reason why we at Dupree are so good uh, at meeting with our clients, talking about stuff like this. We we don't want our clients to be completely relying on Social Security. Yeah, that's true. Not at all. And so, you know, another benefit. There you go. The earlier you can save, the better. The more you can save, the better. That's right. So, anyhow, interesting story, Philip, really. Yeah. 
Cut. Bond exchange traded funds past one trillion in assets. What's going on with that? Fixed income ETFs. Yeah, so uh, the amount of money in fixed income exchange traded funds passed one trillion last month, uh, and a sentence that has reshaped the market where countries and companies raise money to pay their bills. Just 20 years ago, bond ETFs didn't even exist. Uh, I found that rather interesting. Uh, hey, Philip, do a favor for the listeners. Explain what a fixed income exchange traded fund is. Yes, sir. So a bond ETF, fixed income exchange traded fund, all it is is you, if you, it's a pool of money that goes out and buys the index. So if you put a thousand dollars into this exchange traded fund, what they're going to do is they're going to take your money and on the flip side, on the back side, they're going to buy this bond, this bond, this bond, this bond, this bond right. to match the exchange. So that way it tracks the exchange. Okay. Now an index exchange. Give me an example of one. Uh, the an, an equity index would be the S&P 500. That's what I wanted you to say. Thank yes. you. Good. So if you bought an, an S&P 500 tracking index, basically you put $1,000 in, they're going to go buy this stock, this stock, you know, da, 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 okay. to match the S&P's movements. Now, the problem with something like this is it's all a matter of what's backing your money. Mm -hmm. uh, so bonds are not like the S&P 500. Right. Bonds don't trade in vast quantities every single day, every right. single minute, every single second. When you look at the S&P 500, just about every stock in there has a has a solid amount of volume. So if you need out of your exchange traded fund in the S&P 500, most of the time, yeah. it's pretty easy to get out. Now, if you get into a um a volume crunch on an ETF like a bond ETF, uh, it can get tricky, you know, because if you if you get five percent of the fund sales, well, they've got to go out and now sell five percent all these bonds in a bond market that could be illiquid because bond markets don't trade every day. Uh, there are certain bonds that don't trade at all, and you're putting potentially illiquid securities into an ETF which is supposed to be liquid and highly liquid you can that can be a, a recipe for disaster and what and we've seen this happen in the past what happens when liquidity dries up because on the flip side when you sell your ETF well they the market maker has to go out and give prices as to what he thinks he can sell the assets in in the pool for and come back to you and say here's Here's, here's the price of the ETF right. right now. And the problem is, is when there's no volume and no liquidity, well, he's on the hook. The market maker is the one that's mm -hmm. trying to make the spread. So he's not going to throw himself in a fire. No, no. And take a $100,000 loss for everybody that's wanting to sell out. He's going to look at you and he's going to say, well, I think I can get out at this. We saw this happen in, what was it, 2016, Tom? Yeah. And the market literally dropped like a thousand points in a matter of m like minutes mm -hmm. when the market opened that morning now granted it settled down and came back up as the day went on but it opened like a rock hitting water it yeah. went straight down and <laughs> that's what happens when 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 well, something like this happens yeah you know it it, it exacerbates the problem but in 20 years, there's over a tw trillion dollars. Yeah. Why has the growth been so... Because it's easy. It <laughs> makes things easy. You just buy the ETF, and it's a, it's a one-decision uh, one thing. People like easy. Yes, they do. Don't they let, like easy. Don't let ease make you uh, complacent, though. That's right. Yes. They, they think, I'm getting an ETF. It's a packaged product. It's got these bonds in it. But the the packaging is very thin. It's kind of like packaging a puppy 
inside of wrapping paper. That puppy's still moving around on the inside of it. <laughs> Great analogy. I love that. The That's awesome. You know, <laughs> it's going it, to tear out of that wrapping paper. The wrapping paper may not. One of two things is going to happen. Either the puppy's going to tear out or it's going to suffocate. Yeah. <laughs> right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WAB. The news you want to know. So the heat wave looks like it's going to continue for about three days. The news you need to know. We now have built just over 51 miles along our southwest border. Stay in the know. Check in for updates with News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. What does a good financial advisor do? Perhaps it comes down to asking the right questions instead of having all the answers. For instance, should I take Social Security now or later? Am I really ready to retire? Is my money invested properly to pay me an income during retirement? These are a few of the questions that might come up in your discussion with a financial advisor. Good questions are what a financial advisor may be able to help you with. You will come up with the answers on your own. If you're not sure about some of these things and need a sounding board, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a complimentary appointment. Also, you can listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. You ain't nothing but a Back on the Tom Dupree Show, why Bond legend Dan Fuss is buying AT&T stock. Uh, it's interesting. He can't find any yield out there in the bond market. Um, and he's buying the stock of AT&T because it's paying a 6% dividend. Exactly. And that's – so what he's what he's been doing – <clears throat> not not he hasn't changed his whole entire bond fund into equities by any means but you know his goal is to his main goal in the fund uh which is uh luma sales bond fund ticker lsbrx uh is to generate strong and steady returns uh which in a bond market that's notably lacking worthwhile yields uh he goes in he says uh Global money continues to find its way into the U.S. bond market, uh, but not solely in the quest of higher yields. To be uh, sure, the U.S. corporate bond offers an oasis of positive yields in a world of debt market awash with an estimated $13 trillion of negative yielding bonds. Let me emphasize that point. $13 trillion worth of bonds out there pay zero interest. In other words, we've gotten where interest rates are so low that you have trillions of dollars worth of of bonds out there in the world that pay zero. They're just trying to make money on the trade. Is that what are they? What are they really doing there? Paying somebody to hold your money. Just your hold, money. Just hold your money. Yeah, they're paying. It's zero. So, gosh, it's like a ten-year however long the bond term is 10 13 14 year checking account yeah. where you've put the money in a non-interest bearing checking account it's almost yeah it's so almost like you go to the bank to keep your money you pay them to keep your money because you think it's safer there that's right than in your than in your mattress good analogy you've got I mean, a good way of putting it wow that's scary yeah. Well, I think I talked about this, We or we did, a few weeks ago. It makes you wonder, wonder where that money's coming from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that, Well, and it's scary that, that people out there are to the point to where they accept it and will buy it. That's right. Yeah. Because there's just, what else do you do? And I think that, you know, our, our biggest thing – for our clients is trying to produce an income to meet their retirement needs. Yeah. Uh, 
that's something similar to what this guy's trying to do is trying to produce a strong sustainable income so he's putting at&t in a in a bond portfolio one of the things yeah so one controversial company fuss names is at&t which some sees as being challenged by its debt load of over 175 billion dollars that's a lot of debt uh much of which was taken to fund uh big acquisitions of DirecTV and Time Warner, uh, Time Warner Media, uh, plus its uh, investments to build out their 5G network. Uh, finally, there's the AT&T dividend, which uh, is all but sacrosanct to millions of individual investors. Uh, a lot of people do invest in AT&T for that income stream. Uh, all those competing cash needs can be met if management executes perfectly, Fuss says, when the fund couldn't buy long-term AT&T bonds, which are trading uh, long-term AT&T bonds trading below face value in sufficient quantity at an attractive price, he opted to purchase the stock instead. The company's yield of just over 6% is about 1.6% higher uh, than, uh, than the bonds, which is a big attraction. So when you're looking at the dividend of AT&T is actually being is actually higher than what they're paying in interest in their bonds, long-term bonds. And AT&T the equity has the potential to increase in price whereas bonds which it has get, recently. You get paid at par. And on top of that, we just talked about in the last break, you can sell an AT&T stock tomorrow every second of the day. It's it's, it's priced every second of the day. Mm -hmm. That AT&T mm -hmm. bond, it could, you know, you, you, you could take, it could take a while to sell it. You know, and AT&T's taken on a lot of debt. They have taken on a ton of debt. A ton of debt through acquisitions, et cetera, done significant leverage buyouts. But they're still paying that dividend. Yeah. You know, and it's to the millions of investors, it's that dividend is far too important to be interfered with. You know, it's too valuable. I think back. Right? I think back to when you met with Nestle. Remember what they said? Yeah. Because that, that's a European company, and they said uh, if we cut the dividend, we'd have uh, pensioners out here throwing us in the lake. In the lake. Yeah. That's that's something very similar <laughs> like to what Ava, right? AT&T's management, you know, like, and they they hang in there that they could, you know, AT. Well, and I'll, I'll just throw some some metrics out there. So you know, AT&T is from a, a cash flow scenario, just cash in the door, out the door. They're generating free cash, which is operating cash less capital expenditures. Less the building out of your 5G grid mm -hmm. of twenty about twenty three billion twenty four billion dollars, the dividend is about fourteen billion, so that leaves you with nine billion dollars in extra cash. Their plan is to use that money to pay down debt. That's where Fuss talks about is if they if they follow that plan, they can pay down the they debt. Can do it, mm -hmm. but they've got to follow the plan. Right. 12-step program that's right follow the plan debtors anonymous <laughs> there probably is such a thing i'm sure somewhere <laughs> oh golly the u.s is overflowing with natural gas not everyone can get it boy that's for sure <laughs> america is awash in natural gas and part of the country there's hardly a drop to burn Earlier this year, two utilities that service New York City stopped accepting new natural gas customers in two boroughs and several suburbs, <laughs> citing jammed supply lines at that last mile. Running into the city on the coldest winter days, they said they couldn't guarantee they'd be able to deliver gas to additional furnaces. Never mind that the country's most prolific gas field, the Marcellus Shell, Shale, is only a three-hour drive away. Meanwhile, in West Texas, drillers have so much excess gas that they are simply burning it off. They are. Roughly enough each day to fuel every home in the state. That is nuts. It yeah. is crazy. I don't understand any of Pipelines. I know it. And they that's what. They can't get it to where it needs to be. It's all about the pipelines.
Man, you can run uh, air conditioning units on natural gas. You know that's what it says. The spring in, in so this spring, the price of natural gas at trading hubs uh, near Midland, Texas, dropped as low as negative nine million uh, nine dollars per million BTU British thermal units, meaning that producers were paying people to take it off their hands. A million British thermal units is enough to dry fifty loads of laundry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That so is if nuts. you can't get gas, you go electric. Is that is that the deal? Yeah, you have to. I mean, that's pretty much. It's all about yeah. the p- bottlenecks and the pipelines, and what happens whenever you try to build a new pipeline. All the all the earth, environmentalists, the, all the environmentalists come out. There's a yellow start, spotted lizard that you'll yeah kill out of his home. That's and, right. You're gonna run. You're gonna pollute the water and all that right. stuff, right? But yeah. natural gas is better than some of the other alternatives. Natural gas is the cleanest fossil fuel out there. That's right. Right. And there's plenty of it. Yep. And there's a disconnect here, folks. One of the things I want to talk about. We got about a minute and a half left. Is that at Dupree Financial Group, you get these kind of discussions going on about where we should put people's money. Uh, natural gas is a part of our portfolio. We we own uh, natural gas pipelines, and uh, it's something that we do uh, as an investment firm. We are seeking to invest your money in a diligent way so that we can um, produce income for you for retirement living. Uh, If you're interested in talking to somebody about this, call us at 233-0400. Send us an email, deprefinancial.com. Look us up on Facebook, that sort of thing. Come see us. Come see us. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We have a great time You'll down learn there. something whether you decide to do business with us or not. That's up to you. But you'll learn something about your finances. It'll help you. It, it's always helpful to have. And it's it's free. It's no, uh, no obligation. If you want something to do today, go to the PGA Barbersaw Championship. Josh Teeter is in the hunt. There you go. Henry Clayboy. News Radio 630 WLAP.